0: Welcome to the paranormal conclave, here's where we talk all aspects of the paranormal Life after death, Paranormal Conclave. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Paranormal Conclave. I am your host Rum. Today we're going to be going through a interesting part of cryptozoology and an interesting part of mythology. Now you can do a lot of research and study a lot of legend about cultures that believe in people being able to transform into animals. Well, one of the most famous, of course, is the idea of the werewolf. But there's werewolf type creatures in many, many, many cultures. But today we're going to be talking about the idea of werewolves in a specific culture itself. Werewolves in Norse mythology. I've always been fascinated with how things from the Norse culture has affected our daily lives today, Uh, days of the week, named after Norse gods, uh, something we use on a daily basis. You may be using it right now to listen to this show, Bluetooth. Bluetooth was the name of a Norse king, so that's something interesting that little emblem that designates Bluetooth, is the rune of that king. But let's get back into our topic, shall we? There's this idea that werewolves are exclusively from Eastern Europe, but I've collected a lot of tales and a lot of information about werewolves from different places. I would even imagine that some tales are even part of your local folklore. If you just looked around your region but all these tales aren't really that surprising considering at some point in prehistoric times our ancestors spiritual practices were linked to animal totems the power of the animals if you look into the past European past and other cultures as well the animals Spirits are connected to royalty, courage, that warrior fight spirit. Those animal totems led armies into battle. The images of the bear and the boar were most used as the creatures to empower the European culture. And then there was the wolf. The wolf was something else entirely. Beyond the borders of the villages and the unfamiliar boundaries of the outlying world, there were solitary landscapes. When night comes, those places became a scene of dark and gloomy shadows, sorcery, magic. In the deep forest, the famished wolves would roam, hunt and howl in the cold winter nights howling at the moonless sky. Their eyes would glitter in the dark as if to be standing near a roaring fire, piercing the night, looking back at their prey, at their victims. We as humans have always been afraid of the unknown, and in ancient times, these areas, these landscapes, beyond the village, beyond the towns, Terrible places of both mystery and death. The few who dared to venture into those places would come back with amazing tales of things they had seen, things they couldn't explain, things that would cast maybe a light upon them as the hero of the village, gaining them notoriety. Some such people, some such tales, were collected by a group of brothers known as the Brothers Grimm. They put them in a large collection of works. It's uh, very, very good if you've never read the original tales of the Brothers Grimm. I would recommend it. They're not all just little kids' stories, by any means. As a matter of fact, I probably wouldn't read them to your children these days. These strange animals that were seen by these travelers through the dark forest were said to be the wildest beings on earth always searching for a kill. One of the most terrifying beings in the forest were the gigantic wolves. The wolves the size of men. The wolves that could get up on two legs and thrash their way through the forest, chasing down their prey. Now for a moment, let's focus on the werewolves of Northern Europe. We have many mythological accounts about werewolves in ancient Scandinavia, but let's start with one of the most famous tales, the tale of two men, Sigmund and Zinfjolte, who one day find a house in the middle of the woods with men under a sleeping spell. These men appeared to have enchanted wolf skins. Sigmund and Sinfiolti steal the wolfskins and put them on. The moment they do this, they were transforming themselves into wolves and they could even understand the language of the wolf. Now, after a couple adventures and after killing a couple other men, Things go wrong and one wounds the other one. Apparently the wound was a mortal wound. But things turn out for the best when the two men survive and then take the skins off and destroy them. Apparently that wound wasn't as bad as they thought. It's interesting to hear these different type of legends and the way they're, they come across. So, uh, so as a matter of fact, a lot of times Not just mythology to these people, but an oral history of something that might have actually happened. Now, we do know of a couple other wolves that were very famous in North mythology. Geri and Thraki. They were the wolves of Odin himself. According to the tales, there's a great possibility that these two wolves were not just pets two animals akin to dogs, and Odin just likes to have them near. It's possible that Gary and Freki represent skin changers, and that in fact these were not two wolves, but actually two people. Maybe Odin's own bodyguards, or two chosen warriors of his utmost confidence. The best of the best the perfect, loyal soldiers. There were many archaeological finds depicting figures wearing wolf pelts. The wolf warriors. Wearing these pelts into battle would be a sign of invincibility to invading Viking warriors. They were known as berserkers. These Berserkers were warriors of immense strength who sometimes fought naked just to intimidate those who they were attacking showing that they were not uncomfortable with cold weather or the landscape itself adapting perfectly to the harsh environment just like the wolves these warriors went into battle with some kind of obvious trance and did not have the need for weapons, they could kill and tear apart with their bare hands. Just like wolves can rip a human apart. In fact, survivors of these berserker attacks would always say that they were men with the shape of wolves who attacked like the creatures themselves. With no mercy. Non-stop. Vicious. Some say that these men were tranced shamans trained in the art of war. Others say that those who live like an animal become that animal. These men have trained themselves to be the wolf. They would take on the characteristics, their Personas so in-depth that they couldn't function as a regular person anymore. They were animals. They were the ultimate soldier. Like Odin's two wolfmen. The perfect warrior. Isn't it funny how these stories carry through into many, many different cultures? So you had changelings in Norse mythology and then you have another group of changelings that carry through into Native American history which we'll have a show on eventually about skinwalkers. Again, they were men who imbued themselves with the power and the mindset of the, the animal but they could change physically into those creatures. Now the wolf creatures that the Norse people saw. Were they fictional? Were they made up to boast the warrior in them? Or were they actually living with creatures at that time that were unexplained? There's a possibility that what they were actually seeing not just werewolves, but could have been a real-life ancient wolf that was of enormous size. They were called direwolves. Now, direwolves were said to be extinct about 125,000 years ago, maybe? A long time. But that's just speculation. We don't have proof of that. They find some old bones and go, Oh, well, these are the only ones we found, and this is how old they are. Well, okay. But what if they were around a lot longer? What if dire wolves were the thing that these Norse legends were based around? A wild wolf can be tamed, to a point. So there is no reason why you couldn't think that a dire wolf could be slightly domesticated or trained as an additional warrior for your tribe. How terrifying would that be to be coming over a hillside to attack your enemy and realize they've got a pack, a gigantic pack of dire wolves. Now dire wolves roughly three times the size of a normal wolf so Think of the size of a wolf and you. Now make that wolf three times that big. That's larger than a Great Dane, that's larger than a Mastiff. These animals were huge. Now, one wolf in Norse mythology that is very close to the description of one of these dire wolves is Fenrir. Now that translates into, he who dwells in marshes. Now Fenrir is one of the most infamous wolves in north mythology. His importance for the pre-Christian Scandinavians is demonstrated by being depicted on numerous surviving rune stones, not to mention his ubiquity in Old Norse literary sources. It's said that he is the son of the god Loki and the giantess Engrobota, which makes him a brother of the serpent Yomangand and the underworld goddess Hel. Now was raised by the gods, and he grew very, very fast. He was meant to be a protector, but The gods wanted to control him so he would not wreak havoc on the nine worlds. So they tricked him, or attempted to, by trying to chain him up. But he was not keen to be chained. So the gods said, well, it's just a game to test your strength. So he went along with it. The first two times he broke the chains, but on the third time the gods got trickier. They had special magic chains made that appeared to be extremely light and soft to the touch. To fool him, thinking that these would be easily broken. Well, they weren't. And now it's said that Fenru is so angry and he will. Break those chains at Ragnarok and he will run throughout the world with his lower jaw against the ground, devouring everything in his path. He would even kill Odin before finally being put to death by possibly one of Odin's avenging sons. So are these stories from, say, Norse legend? did they create some of the ideas of werewolves? Is it really mythology? Or are these cryptids that have been part of humanity for as long as we've been around? Were they part of the old ones? Are we seeing werewolves and not recognizing them as old gods? The forgotten gods. The werewolves and stories that come out of Hungary and Romania. Cursed men. Doomed to roam, changing their shape at the full moon. Uncontrollable urges some say a metaphor for sexual frustration because it was a different time then you couldn't express yourself as much as you can now or you'd be condemned we've seen that in other things other aspects of the paranormal even today in the united states There are many reportings of beast-men, beast-like creatures roaming the countrysides, the forests. Not everything that's covered in hair roaming around the woods is a Bigfoot. Sometimes they're beasts off of Bray Road, which is another topic entirely, but again, Wolf-like creatures, beasts, but men. It's interesting. Do these tales that have come into the United States, have they, were they brought in by... settlers? I would have to say no, not really. Maybe some. But these tales were here much longer. The Navajo the Apache, the Pueblo, all these Indian nations had men that transformed into beasts. Very rarely women, but in some cultures it does happen. Hollywood has taken these stories and made a fortune out of them. Giving you the idea that you can shoot a werewolf with a silver bullet, that sort of thing. Why silver? Well, silver was a very, still is today a very valuable metal. It was a metal of purity, different than gold, but a lot of churches had more access to silver than gold, especially in the medieval days. chalice a candlestick. If a village was thought to be tormented by a werewolf, sometimes in the most extreme situations those items would be melted down and cast into a silver ball and put into a rifle or forged into a dagger or sword and the brave men would go out and hunt this beast trying to bring a sense of calm to the village these stories have become so prevalent in our modern culture most all of us grew up with a story of a werewolf as a child that's right He grew up with it. Of course you know who I'm talking about. It's a story about a little girl with a... red hood that would walk around in the woods carrying goodies to her grandmother. That's right. Little Red Riding Hood. Another story that came out of the Scandinavian countries. Why do I say this is about a werewolf? Well, just look at it. It's an intelligent wolf that interacts with a little girl who actually talks, moves, and walks like a man. It's interesting. Quite possibly one of those stories introduced to us at an early age to teach us a lesson about wandering off into the scary woods, or possibly A story for young girls not to trust older men. They may be taken. Who knows? But... So many stories, so many legends. And now today, still so many sightings. Of what I would consider... Werewolves. I don't know what your thoughts are. I don't know what your beliefs are but if you ever take the time to look at where you came from your family history your family's culture whether it be Norwegian African Asian what have you really look into your cultural history on werewolves or people that change into different types of animals. I think you'd be surprised if you look at the stories of today and how many things have been influenced by those stories. So many cultures have them. So many are identical in so many ways. Were they just myth? What are the odds? Or were we really looking at a type of creature that used to roam the world that may be still around in very few numbers or may have been pushed out of existence? Who knows, but these stories have carried through. They're always going to be a part of popular culture After all of these years, people are still afraid of the things in the woods. The unknown, and the darkness in the trees. We're so confident, most of the time, that we think we know everything. About everything. Yet we don't know our history. We're forgetting our legends and we certainly are completely prepared to forget our past. We spend too much time focused on the future. We're always looking forward, forward, but we're never looking down to see what we're stepping on or looking behind us to see what we forgot. Life isn't one direction getting through life requires you to have your head on a swivel, a 360 outlook. Because if you're only looking one direction, you're living your life with blinders on. Don't be one of those people that live their lives walking in traffic with your eyes closed you will get hit, a tragedy will come and because of it, it may be your fault or you could really affect somebody else's life but if you're open to ideas and possibilities and the history that nobody wants to talk about the stories the tales, the original oral tradition of history that is passed down. You may realize that your future becomes a lot clearer. I know it's kind of a weird way of looking at it, but you really have to know the full picture. If anything, be interested in it. Get out there and learn about it. Believe what you want. Believe it's only black and white, one-sided. If it's not scientifically proven, it must not exist. I mean, sure, that's a way of living your life. It's safe. No, Don't worry about it. Let the other people think about it. Let the, the crazies and the weirdos think about it. But I think you're missing out. If anything, you're missing out on a heck of a story. You're missing out on exploring the idea, the differences and the similarities of the cultures that surround you every day. But on that note, we're going to be talking a lot more down the road about different werewolves and different creatures that change their shape. I definitely will be getting into skinwalkers. Kitsume's things of that nature. But I thought I'd start with this one. It's just an interesting story and in Norse Scandinavian culture it was always fascinating to me. The Paranormal Conclave just isn't about ghosts and things that go bump in the night. We we do like to touch base on the cryptids and cryptozoology and things of that nature so we've had a couple others in the past a couple episodes talking about one of my first cryptid sightings, if you missed that episode I would highly recommend going back and listening to it but um, thank you so much for joining us joining me on this adventure werewolves and as always goodbye. bye thank you for listening to the paranormal conclave join us next time for another Haunting discussion on the things outside our normal realm of reality and thinking. Paranormal.